Uh, welcome to another episode of Orange, Black, and Beyond, where we talk about uh, Oregon State University sports, focusing mainly on the sports that do not get all the attention, like football and men's basketball. Although this week we'll be talking some about men's basketball. Um, I'm Brian, OSU class of 1996. Uh, my co-host is Pete, class of 1993. Well, hello, Brian. Yes, it is in fact the Big, big week in basketball and the men's team. Uh, it's nice to have something to talk about with the men's team at this point in the season. has been a while and it's a lot of great things happening all at once. And this gets redundant in 2021. Uh, but, you know, maybe by next year we won't say it, but it's so nice to have sports back. Yes, <laughs> um, it is nice to have sports. In general, it really is. Sure. Uh, it seems like a great place to start would we'll go ahead and be with the women's cross-country team because they had postseason action going on. They were invited to the NCAA championships as they were the number 23-ranked team in the country. They finished 16th, which is the best finish in the short history of the program. So congratulations to that team. Kaylee Mitchell finished 20th overall individually, and both she and her teammate Batya Beard gained All-America honors by both finishing in the top 40. A uh, very, very impressive uh, for Coach Katana's team. He's just built this slowly but surely. It's only been in existence since 2017, and now they're out there running with the best teams in the country. So really exciting times for that team. Uh, BYU ended up winning the team championship. Uh, there are a couple of teams rounding out their regular seasons as well as the postseason stuff is starting. So let's finish up some of the regular season. Uh, gymnastics just finished up, right? Yeah, so the gymnastics team uh, built up some good momentum for the upcoming Pac-12 championships. Uh, they won their meet at Stanford, 196.5 to 194.025. Uh, that's their fourth meet of the year with, with the team score of 196 or better, so great job team. Uh, they won all four events as a team, and Maddie Dagan won all, the all-around, so they have it rolling as they head into the conference championship. Um, volleyball wasn't so lucky as they dropped two straight to Washington State over the weekend. Uh, drops them to eighth place at five and nine on the season. Um, like we say with a lot of sports, the Pac-12 is a tough conference, and volleyball is no different. Yes, uh, it's a tough place. Um, yeah. Washington State was ranked 16th in the country coming into the match. So, again, always, always tough in the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, let's talk about soccer. Yes, yeah, so women's soccer, speaking of tough schedules in the Pac-12, they were right in the teeth of their schedule the last few games. Came up short 2-1 to one against uh, UCLA, who was ranked number three in the country at the time. They came up short 2-0 against USC. Then they came back home, where unfortunately they had to play a couple of ranked teams as well, um, and uh, they dropped both of those. Arizona Wildcats showed up and kind of Three to one is kind of a big margin in a in a soccer game, and so yeah. three to one was that game. And then number twenty four ASU squeaked past them one nil. Like you said, volleyball, uh, Pac twelve. That's just a murderer's row uh, that they went through, and they kept fighting all the way, which is awesome. Speaking of hard fought games, the men's team, which was ranked number five in the country after their first five and zero start in I think uh, twelve years. Uh, took on number two, Stanford Cardinal, down on the farm. The score was knotted at two for a large portion of the second half. But then Stanford finally scored the go-ahead, which proved to be the game winner at the 79th minute. And they just kind of hung on and handed the Beavers their first loss of the season. Beavers are 6-1 and one overall, 3-1 and one in the Pac-12. They had one shot on goal in the 84th minute to tie it up. Didn't work out, unfortunately. Uh, outdoor track uh, team is also getting their season underway. Um, 
The uh, They won the three-team OSU Pacific Northwest team clash. They finished ahead of Eastern Washington and New Seattle University. And then uh, there was another postseason note in track on the in, indoor track. Uh, Grace Featherstonod uh, finished 14th at the NCAA Indoor Track Championships. So congratulations to her being in nationals. That's by invitation. And so uh, the track team was showing a lot of promise. And I'm looking forward to, of course, seeing what the throwers do. Because last year, the throwers. Yeah, so my, the throwers were just <laughs> And, unreal last year right yeah so, so looking forward to that um but uh um tracks uh so tracks getting going and golf is getting going too so how's how are they looking yeah the the golf team the women's team went to tucson for the wildcat Inv invitational where they finished sixth in a 16 team tournament so great for them uh ellie slama got yet another top 20 individual finish the 24th of her career taking 13th with an even par 216 for the three rounds. And Amanda Minnie finished tied for 16th at one over par. So good, good job. Uh, the last action for the men's team was on the ninth at the Bandon Dunes Championship down on southern or on the southern Oregon coast. Uh, they took ninth in a 14-team field. Uh, University of San Francisco won the team title. Uh, for the Beavers, Sean Liu finished 12th overall at one under par 212 for the tournament. And Spencer Tiblitz, who has also become a very consistent top 20 finisher, got getting his 20, 19th career top 20 finish at 19. That's a lot of 19s in that sense. It is. <laughs> uh, with a fourth over par, with a four over par 217 for three days. Um, let's talk about baseball and softball who were on a tear, who were on a tear like last we talked. Yeah, baseball, uh, mostly bad news for them last week. Unfortunately, uh, softball had some bad news, but some really good news. The uh, The pitchers were unhittable against Sacramento State, literally. Uh, Mariah Mazon uh, pitched a perfect game, which, uh, as you would expect, the Beavers did win that one. They took that one 8 to nothing. Then they followed that up with another 8 to nothing win. No big deal. Tristan uh, Malencon threw a uh, uh, no-hitter, so she did actually hit one batter, so she allowed a base runner, which is, you know, but uh, <laughs> so she didn't uh, didn't show up her teammates, so that's good, but um, they, they had a good weekend with that, but then unfortunately they had to host, or sorry, I think they went down to Eugene, I have to take that back, the number five team in the country, the green and yellow, uh, they hosted the Beavers and were less than gracious hosts, uh, they just pounded the Beavers, 14 to 6, it sounds like a football score almost. Yeah. Lamentably, uh, that's the perfect segue into what happened in baseball last week. So for whatever reason, and this I still don't understand how the Pac-12 decides this and how the schools decide this. Thankfully, though, these three games counted as non-conference games, which is just as well because the team from down the road came to town and took two out of three. Uh, the first game, 7 nothing, and they just crushed Kevin Abel five runs over four in the third innings now despite that he struck out nine so he only got 13 outs he's in there for four and a third inning so he, he's in there for 13 outs nine of which were strikeouts but also he gave up a bunch of hits and runs and the beavers lost so it was kind of feast or famine for him and uh in that first game the second game uh cooper jerpy pitched really well but the beavers bats decided to take the day off and they lost three to nothing and then finally on Sunday, things both came together at the same time, and they found a way to wake up their bats. They won 3-1. to one. Jake Fennings had another outstanding start, 
picked up his second win of the season. Wade Meckler hit his first career home run, which is always exciting. And then the great relief pitcher, Jake Mulholland, picked up career save number 34, which leaves him in second place on the all-time saves list, uh, just three shy of the all-time leader, Kevin Gunderson, who was on that first national championship team way back in 2006. So maybe they've righted the ship. Um, let's hope so. And uh, now this is the busy topic of the week, so we might as well get into it. It's the basketball. Yeah, so basketball, there's a lot going on, a lot going on. So first of all, the men's team won the Pac-12 tournament, their first ever conference tournament championship, and their first conference championship of any kind since Hugh and I were in school, uh, well, since you were in school back in the 90s uh, when Gary Payton was a senior. Um, the 70-68 win over Colorado, Colorado gave the Beavers an automatic berth in, into the NCAA tournament team, or into the tournament, where they are a 12 seed and will face the number five seed, the Tennessee Volunteers, on Friday at 1.40 in the afternoon on TNT. Uh, this team was picked to, be, to finish dead last in the conference, but they ended up finishing sixth in the regular season and then just came out of nowhere to win the tournament. Everybody did not expect them to win the tournament. So um, even beating the team that won the regular season title along the way. So they were just playing their best basketball. This is just a phenomenal, right? Um, there have only been two NCAA tournament appearances for the Beavers since 1990. Uh, only one without at least one player named Gary Payton as both senior and junior led their teams to the dance. Um, and this is Wayne T Tinkle's second time making the tournament in his six years as coach. So it's safe to say he's making an impact. So hopefully, uh, you he's know. really doing well. And, yeah, you know, it's the, and maybe low expectations are a good thing. You know, I mm -hmm. tried telling my ex-wife that, but the, <laughs> the point being that, you know, they weren't expected anything and, and, uh, Coach Tinkle was kind of coy about it. If you remember way back to the preseason press conference, they, he's, they asked him, uh, you know, well, how do you feel about your team being picked to finish 12th? And he said, oh, I guarantee we'll at least be 11th. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they turned out pretty good. I mean, got, uh, you know, the middle of the pack in the conference in the regular season and won the tournament. Uh, women's team saw their conference tournament run come to a swift and terrible end because they ran into Stanford, which is yeah. just buzzsaw, and Stanford beat them 79-45. But Stanford, of course, is one of the very best teams in the country, ranked number four at the time, uh, mm -hmm. one of the favorites to possibly win the whole enchilada. So it's not a huge surprise. But the good news for the Beavers is they did beat the, uh, the uh, uh, team from down the road on the way to the right to earn – the chance right. against Stanford. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not surprising. Stanford is really really good. Yep. Um, it would not, it's not going to surprise me to see them in the final four. Uh, their number one seed this year. The tournament brackets came out. Um, the Beavers, like you said, did take down the green and yellow team on the way to playing Stanford. That was twice in one week, which I think is always really tough, especially in the Pac-12 to do. Yeah. Okay. No and so the, the Beavers are an eight seed in the tournament. Well, they'll take on Florida State Seminoles on Sunday at 3.30. Um, it's a tough bracket. Um, if they beat Florida State, which would be getting them some revenge for the 2017 loss in uh, Stockton, California. But even if the Beavers win, um, which I think they can do because they're playing really well right now, they're, they're going to end up 
facing number one seed South Carolina, which will not be an easy task. They have a very good coach. They have a very good team. Um, so they'll become, they'll, that'll be a tough, tough game for them to play. But, you know, the team will give it their best. And I think, um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them in the tournament. They're playing well. Now, right? They're shooting the lights out. I mean, up until yeah. they play against Stanford, but they were um, just shooting they're tremendous. Sh they're shooting the lights out. And so this is where we have a gripe against, ESPN because ESPN put out a tweet or some video, some BS video about uh, who's shooting three pointers the best in the nation, and they left off Aaliyah Goodman. Like Aaliyah no. Goodman is like, I think her percentage, her shooting th three point percentage right now is number two in the nation, and they left her off the list. And so everybody, it was funny. Everybody tweeted ESPN. Everybody that's you know you saw it, they're like, hey ESPN, have you ever heard of? Goodman, have you heard of you know yeah. the person that's shooting number two percentage wise? Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Now, I was uh, watching uh, a podcast yesterday with uh, Ron Callen, the mm -hmm. voice of the the Beavers women's team, yeah. and he was saying that um, this Stanford team that that beat the Beavers badly in the the Pac-12 tournament might be the best team that Tara Vanderveer's ever had. And yeah, she's, she's won championships before in the, in the nineties yeah. and gold medals and all yeah, sorts like of stuff. This watch, might be the best team she's ever had. Yeah, you watch this team, you watch them play, and I get that feeling like it, that's true. Like this is one of the best teams that she's ever had. She's um, obviously she's tops and wins. Like she just reached she reached that milestone recently of leading wins. Um, and so you kind of wonder, like, there's always a part of me in my mind that's like, if she wins the whole thing, is she, like, getting ready to step back? You know, you never yeah. know. She's been coaching so long, been there, done that, seen everything. That's you know? true. So I don't know. Um, I imagine she'll just coach as long as she wants, but you never yeah. know. Like, well, and the, the women's uh, seeding, too, what, um, obviously, if they win, going to play South Carolina would be – that's a murderer's row right there too, but yeah. uh, just that eight nine seed—that's a tough spot to be in because yeah. when they choose those, the eight and nine teams are just oftentimes a coin flip, you know. And right. so it's going to be a grind against Florida State, and uh, so that—that's a tough bracket. So the, it, the deeper they go, if they if they win yeah. that game, that's a feather it, in their cap right there. It, it is, and they and I know they just left today, but like. I mean, they flew out to because all the games are happening in Texas, right? So, right. Um, it, it, I think it is a tough call, but I also think that the way the media perceives West Coast teams and Oregon State in general, they always kind of underestimate Oregon State. So, I yeah. don't know if the selection committee, like in my view, they're probably deserving to be ranked a bit higher. And so, then you know, you don't know if the if the um, seedings are done correctly. So yeah, and it is kind of funny that they would not be thought of as highly as some of the other teams because yeah. I realized six years ago is a long time, but they made the Final Four in 2016, which in the grand scheme of things was not that long ago, you know. Well, I mean, so, I mean, the other way to think about it is this, right? Like, they they have votes that, you know, arguably should be in the top 25. They have votes to be in the top 25. So let's say they're top 30, yeah. right? And beat, then you divide. They beat uh, uh, the waterfowl. Right. I mean, so, like, you, you sit there and the 
they beat UCLA, who's ranked top 25. They beat uh, U of O. They, you know, played tough with Stanford. So they should arguably be in the top 25. You desire, you'd start to divide that by four, then you're up five, six, seven seed, really, right? I mean, you know, I'm not saying they should be four, yeah. but like, no. it's arguable they should be a five, six, seven seed. Yeah. Yeah. So the eight, eight, nine is a tough matchup. Um, Cause I look in a little bit statistically, that's the one where, you know, if you're going to play your upsets on your bracket, that's where yeah. you're uh, most likely to see them. But that's just because they're the closest. Um, speaking right. of brackets, though, looking at the men's team just a little bit, being a number 12 against a five, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough haul. Um, yep. because 35 straight years. There's been at least one number 12 that upsets the number five, but none of them hardly ever go past the sweet 16. And there's also been, a few years where exactly zero 12s beat a five. So, you know, it could go either way. And uh, there's a couple of 12 fives that look good, Georgetown and Winthrop both. And I don't know if the be, but, you know, keep underestimating the Beavers, see what happens, right? I mean, yeah, that's right. kind of what uh, Coach Tinkle has built this whole thing on. So, yeah, right. So it's just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm getting, I'm excited to, you know, pay attention or watch the games. Um, yeah. See what happens. So, yeah. um, so that bracket on, uh, on one of the apps. So I'm I, ready. Still have, I still have to sit down and do that. I was kind of waiting to see if we were going to do that at work, but well, I haven't seen anything yet. So, right. um, so in other women's basketball news, and this is a big one. This was a big one. Yeah. I this saw is this big. So, uh, Tamia Gardner, a five-star recruit from Plain City, Utah, she is the number four prospect in the nation for 2022. Uh, 6'3 forward. She was part of the uh, 2019 FIBA Americas under 16 team that won the championship. Um, so she joins Reagan Beers, who was a nation, the nation's number 10 overall prospect for class of 2022 as a commit to Oregon State. So uh, bright, bright future for Oregon State in the next couple of years. You know, you've oh, got... Yes. You build up a Taylor Jones is going to be an upper upperclassman. Um, so Taylor Jones is going to be upperclassman. Of experience. Then you got TVO who has the whole freshman year under her belt. Right. Um, then you have Sasha go forth. Right. Brown should be coming back. Yes. Um, Right. You've got, and then these two young players are going to come on board. Uh, I think Scott Ruick is building, you know, hopefully a, a, Hopefully everything meshes, comes together, and you know, is building some next couple of years of strong teams. So it really uh, seems so like they, they have some building blocks in place for next year, sure. and uh, you know, we'll hope that that they at least advance to the second round to take a, a swing at South Carolina and see how that turns yeah. out. Yeah, it, come, it just all depends on which team. If they show up and they can shoot the lights out like we know they can, it's anybody's game, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, some other people will grab some rebounds, which has been kind of this that's year. Been, that's, that's been, been the, a bugaboo. That's um, been the bug of the turnovers and the rebounds this year have been a bugaboo, for sure. But um, so, yeah, it's, that's pretty exciting. And, and so the basketball teams know where they're headed. Uh, there are some other postseason schedules to go at. at uh, yeah. Gymnastics, like we mentioned, they have the Pac 12 championships uh, coming up on Saturday. Uh, wrestling has six guys going to the national tournament which uh, starts tomorrow we're recording on uh, st patrick's day uh so the the national tournament starts on march 18th they um, run through the weekends osu has had 12 individual national champions the last one being Les gutches 
1996. And he went on to be an Olympic wrestler and an assistant coach at OSU and an Olympic coach. And, um, and, uh, so his footprint is still very heavy on the program, but, uh, yeah, this, this is a, a group of guys that have, um, some real legitimate shots. Devin Turner is ranked number 10 in the country. And I think that, uh, Hunter Willits is ranked number 14. So, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting, uh, to send six, uh, wrestlers. Yep to the national championship so we wish them the best uh men's golf uh, has the uh duck invitational on the 22nd and 23rd in the eugene metroplex somewhere uh the women's golf team is playing in the asu invitational on the 27th 28th and 29th so they get to enjoy some of that good weather mm. so uh that's that's yeah. some of the stuff coming up. Yeah, so. soccer has some big ones coming up, right? The men's team take on San Diego State March 20th and Washington on the 24th. Uh, the women's team has the rivalry game on the 19th and plays Stanford 26th. Uh, softball is going to host Cal this weekend. Uh, baseball will try to open the conference season the right way against Washington State uh, also this weekend. Uh, women's track and field hosts Lewis and Clark on the 19th. So again, we're looking forward to what they're going to do this year. Definitely. Uh, volleyball is a home and home against the, the team from Eugene on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, so lots of good stuff. Again, nice to have sports coming back. It really is. I guess that just about everything is at this moment, but, uh, we'll sure have uh, plenty to talk about coming up again next time. As we're hope with the basketball teams, we have, uh, the yeah. opportunity to talk about them advancing and surviving a little bit. Um, either way, we'll meet up again soon because it is an exciting time in OSU sports. It really is. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And it's exciting time for sports in general. So it's great. Um, so it's great to have stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah. that's it for this episode of Orange, Black and Beyond. We'll talk to you all again soon. Uh, all go right. Beeps. Go Beeps. <laughs>